We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to episode 631, Talking Buffalo, your weekday daily driver for Buffalo Sports Talk and more. I'm your host. Patrick Moran, thank you, as always, for, for locking in with us today, whether you're listening to this on podcast form, whether you're checking us out on YouTube. Uh, I appreciate you all dropping this on Thursday. I am joined by recurring guest, a good friend of mine, Anthony Marino. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? Good, man. How you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good, man. It's been a, a couple good weeks. If you're a Bills fan, which we are, you know, we don't try to front here on this show. Uh, busy, 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 busy. Start of fall now. Um, so you live near Albany. How's the weather been? It, it, it's still pretty nice here. It was really nice over the weekend. But we're starting to get into that. Man, I'm sure it's the same everywhere up north anyway, where you can get away with wearing hoodies. I love wearing hoodies, dude. I almost wear them all the time on the show, uh, as you can see. But uh yeah, I, I love walking around in hoodies. It's that it's that season officially. I love it. It is the best uh, the best time of year. the The weather has been pretty good, but like this morning, I you know walking the dog, forty degrees outside. Ooh, and you're that's just cool. like all right. That's that's a little that's a little crisp this morning, but it'll yeah. be around seventy degrees this afternoon. But it's you know for me, it's that favorite time of the year, not just because of football season, but like you said, you know shorts and a hoodie. It's just the uh, the official wardrobe of us middle-aged men so <laughs> you know speaking of of weather and by the way for, for everyone who, who's tuned in today obviously it's gonna this is gonna be primarily bills dolphins a, a huge game uh we'll be talking plenty about that but on the weather side literally before we started taping and by the way i say this often when anthony and i get together we tape this in the morning so taping this wednesday morning so if any shit goes down during the day we've already discussed it but I, well, I saw on Twitter right before we started taping the weather for Sunday. I don't know if you've heard this or seen it yet. You know what the forecast is? I haven't seen it yet. So it's new 77 degrees out. Like, and it says warm. I'm like, 77 degrees isn't warm. It's fucking hot. So 77 degrees, hot, and wind of only 5 to 10 miles an hour. So weather is going to be 
zero factor. It's almost like last year, you know, they played in Miami early in the season. This year it's in Buffalo, but this is almost like Miami-ish. 77 degrees in, uh, well, it'll be early October at this point. Yeah, October 1st, literally, the, the beginning of October on Sunday. But yeah, that's the weather temperature or forecast as of now anyway. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I like the shift. I know it had traditionally been where the Bills would play in Miami in September. And Miami would travel up to Buffalo right. in, you know, the December time period. And I realized that was always like, oh, the, you know, home field advantage for the Bills or whatever. It's just like, I don't like watching the Bills play in horrible conditions. Like they are mm-hmm. a better football team when they play in what they're going to have on on Sunday. So I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves or any of those pieces. But, you know, I, I realize some disagree with me and that's fine. But I would rather the see the Dolphins come to Buffalo and you know, in October, September, and have Buffalo go down there, you know, towards the end of the season. Yeah, for sure. Look, these guys, no, nobody likes playing in the cold. Now you're living there, Albany, so it's not as easy for you as it is for me, but Tone Bucks and I earlier in the week, because he offered me tickets for the game, and I said, uh, and I said, nah, and he, and he got pissed off at me at how quickly I dismissed his offer of getting me a ticket for the game. I don't like sitting in a stadium. Like, do you like going to games? Whether it's the Bills or another, you know, professional, at least with football anyway. I don't know what your attitude is. Mine is I'd rather watch it from home or with people. But I don't like being in a stadium, and especially when it's cold. Like, what's your mindset towards going to games? Yeah, my mindset is, honestly, if I have a preference, I would prefer to be at home. Of course, if it's a game that I really care about. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so I think with that, it kind of – you know, again, you're you're in your setting. You can pace back and forth a little bit. You got a little bit of nervous energy, but you're not around too many folks. Now, I will say this: like, you know, my son and I were going to London um, for Week Five, the the Bills oh. game against the the Jaguars. So, but that is, um, you know, it's almost like the game is secondary at, at this point, right? Like, you'll be excited to be there, but it's, um, you know, but that's me and my son, right? Like, he's a senior in high school, having that experience together but yeah it's it's like you know traditionally for a big game a game i care about i'd rather be at home if you invite me to a game where it's just like i don't really you know care about what the outcome is or this and that i'm fine with it i will say this though i do love going to basketball games like basketball games college basketball nba basketball for me that the experience is great but again you're not dealing with the elements you're not dealing with the cold the weather or any of those pieces so um to to me that's something i i really enjoy to to do in person but yeah when the bills are playing i can get a little um intense let's say so if i can be home i'd prefer to be home i gotta be honest with you i've never been to an nba game in my life ever and i've been a basketball fan nor have i been to a major college basketball game either in my life man i've uh it's weird because I, I, I've loved hoops my whole life, too. Pat, I'm telling you, like it is, you know, I, I know it's a, a couple hours away and everyone's schedules are busy and stuff like that. But take the opportunity and either get to the Carrier Dome or J, whatever it's called now, the JMA Wireless Dome to see Syracuse play. Um, and even if you, you can't pull that off. Find a great game at St. Bonaventure. Look at the schedule. Even Ping Ryan Talbot, he's down there. It's yeah. a great atmosphere of about 5,000 fans at those games, but you will feel like you were at something something very special. But for you, I would say to to make the trip out to Syracuse for a game, 
you would you would not regret it. It is it is a fantastic experience, and it's just uh, it, it's a different kind of vibe, man. And it's a great a great vibe. When I say different, I don't mean that in any sort oh, I of bet. A, a negative, even towards you know what you go to with a Bills game. It's just there's something about it when you're in the dome with twenty five thousand people watching a, a great college basketball game. It's a lot of and, fun. And if you love the sport too, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I'm a little bit. Peanut butter and jelly here. You're, I didn't know you were going to London. This is the first I, I've heard of it. When are you uh so that game obviously for, for people who don't know the Bills play Miami this week, of course. The next week is the game, the London game with Jacksonville. When when are you going? When are you leaving for London? Like what's your besides the yeah. game, obviously, like kind of like what's your itinerary? How long are you gonna be there? What are a couple things that you know you're gonna be having going on? It's really cool. I didn't know that. Good for you. Yeah, so we will we will fly in on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Right, which basically Thursday is a is a travel day. How long right? is that flight? Do you know, seven seven hours. We're flying Ooh. out of New York City, so That's it's not bad. it's not too bad. Um, you know, then when we look at what we will do on Friday, um, we are actually going to head over to the Prince's Head, which uh, you know better as the Crown and Anchor from Ted Lasso, which is May's Pub. Oh. So we will we will go um we will go there to to grab a meal at at some point one of the days to see that um we are going to a english premier league match on saturday mm-hmm. um fulham is taking on sheffield and uh we will be going to that saturday night you know kind of uh wow. you know b- b- the, i guess you could say the uh, the opener right before bills and and jaguars but we will you know we will do all the the sites i've never been to london my son has never been over so you know, we'll go to Parliament. We'll see Buckingham Palace. We'll we'll do Big Ben. We'll do Tower Bridge. We'll you know we'll do all the the touristy type things. And for uh you know the guys uh the UK Bills backers are are great. They're planning a lot of great events. So we'll uh-huh. look to to hit some of that. But even they said like, listen, you can go to you know these different markets and stuff and just be around town and and you'll really enjoy yourself. So I'm trying not to over schedule things because that's not my style and it's definitely not my son. So it's like, but just to, uh, to be there, it'll be, uh, it'll be great. That is really, really cool, man. And I'm joking. I'm legit a little bit jealous, you know? So, and I think I, I I've talked about this a little bit on my show. So my, my wife and I are going on a cruise in February, which is actually during Super Bowl week. And I regret, I'm regretting it because not because we're going during Super Bowl week. I, I've said this before. Even if the Bills go to the Super Bowl, I will have some unique stories and content from sure. being on a boat in the middle of the sea somewhere watching the Super Bowl as opposed to being in Buffalo Lake or, you know, watching it regularly like everybody else. But anyway, my point was this. I regret it. I wish in hindsight, I, I we should have went to London. That's what we should have done. We should have went to London. The Caribbean is there any year. We can go there anytime. You know, the Bills are playing in London. Who knows when you're going to get that uh, that opportunity again? I, I do. I, I I regret it, man. I, I, I w- it was a little more expensive for us to go to London, too, by the way. But anyway, I just, um, yeah, I, I'm mad at myself for not, for not going. Listen, when there's two feet of snow in Buffalo in February, I'll shoot you a message while you're on your cruise ship and just be like, I think you're, <laughs> no, I, I think you're doing okay here, so. That's fair. One other thing that I want to dive into this game, because like I said, this is too important to to mess around for, for half the show. And even our finish the sentence segment, which we do every time you're on, this is a Miami Dolphins edition of uh, finish the sentence, which we'll have uh, near the end of the show. Got to ask you, though, this whole Taylor Swift stuff going on w- with Travis Kelsey, what do you make of it? People are complaining. 
about the attention it's getting. And I, I guess my only take at is like, dude, she is like quite literally the most famous person on this planet right now. I mean, what do you expect? Of course, she's going to get attention and, and Kelsey's going to get attention. I, I got to pull this up. I got to read this for you because I did not know this. Travis Kelsey has had a busy 24 hours. All right. This was a tweet that I saw a day or so ago. Seven catches for 69 yards and a touchdown. Who cares? That's normal. He does that shit every week. In fact, that might even be a little bit low what he normally does. But gain 300,000 followers on social media, a 400% increase in merchandise sales. And he now has one of the top five selling jerseys in the NFL. And this is because, in large part, if not entirely, we've seen Taylor Swift at the uh, the Chiefs game on Sunday. I don't know what do you, what do you make of this and all the attention and all the buzz it's getting. A lot of people are even following a lot of memes. You know, Travis Kelsey's the next Taylor Swift breakup song, et cetera, et cetera. And what do you make of it? I'm enjoying it. I don't give a shit. I think it's fun. Look. No, I'll be honest. I'm I'm totally cool with it, right? And yeah. you talk about the. Oh, a rivalry between the Bills fans and Chiefs fans, whatever. If Taylor Swift was dating Josh Allen, any Bills fan that's complaining about it would be like downloading her albums and be giddy over it. So just because it's something that's going on with with one of your rivals, like, come on, man. And and I also feel like, you know, if some people will be like, oh, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, that like my girls absolutely adore taylor swift right i, I mean they you, well and you you know you think of you know talking about you know my son and i are going to london my, my wife and daughters they actually you know somehow were able to get tickets to go to taylor swift back in in may and that kind of is what led to my son and i going to do do this trip and it's just um yeah that's someone that i'm fine with my girls looking up to and you know what i mean like that's uh, I think she's a good role model. She's a good yeah. person by everything that I've I've ever seen. So hey, if people want to be excited that you know she's she's at the Chiefs game and talk about it a lot, that's fine. I mean, my thing I would only you know the only negative I would say would be if I was a Chiefs fan and if Travis Kelsey's play fell off a cliff because you saw you know something changing yep. that type of thing. But you know, for any fans of other teams that are just like sick of it. And I saw, you know, plenty of Bills fans that I follow and respect on social media that seem to have a problem with it. It's just like, man, this is, you know, she is the the biggest star literally in the world, right? So it's just one of those things. And again, by all accounts, um, Travis Kelsey's a good person, right? Like it's, I hate, I hate to say it, but you're right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not one of those things where you look at it and you're just like, oh my God, this is totally out of character for either one of them. So Travis Kelsey, good for you, man. Taylor Swift, good for you. Like, uh, dude, you, don't you know what I mean? And just like kind of the whole, you know, Bills fans, you know, you can look and, you know, with Josh Allen, you know, allegedly dating Haley Steinfeld, like, you know, she's not at the same level of Taylor Swift, but she has- but she has this like crazy fan following, right? And you oh. see some of the reactions from their fans to like, he's not good enough for her and all that. And it's like, oh my gosh, like, you know, you're talking some celebrity couples, like just, hey, in enjoy it. It's it's something to talk about. And, and again, I, it, it's an, a non-issue for, for 
for me in any way, shape, or form. She is literally like more recognizable and famous than the president. I, I'm not joking either. Oh, I mean, sure. she, 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 she truly is. I love Taylor Swift. I, and by the way, I was joke. I, I tweeted or went on Facebook and I was literally just joking, but because she's a Chiefs fan, you know, because she's got Chiefs gear on, I jokingly said, fuck Taylor Swift, Carrie Underwood's better. I was literally just joking, though. I I'm, I love Taylor Swift. Yeah, she's a good person. Totally. And, like, if you Travis Kelsey, you know, like, clout. oh, I'm dating, hooking up with, with Taylor Swift. I mean, come on. I will say you're right, and you bring up a good point. If you're a Chiefs fan, that can become a distraction, and that might be your one thing. Like, if she was with Dawson Knox, and that's all anybody talked about, I probably would get annoyed with that if I was a fan of, you know, or I am a fan of the Bills, but if like right. I have with Dawson Knox, I feel like I'd get pretty annoyed with that. But yeah, man, she's a good person. Good for him. I Jesus Christ. The Swifties are a real thing, though. Oh, you know for that real. you know that Barry McCockader dude on Twitter, that troll <laughs> guy. He yeah. is going after them and he's fighting with the Swifties now. And I I, <laughs> he is. I think that's absolutely uh hilarious. But good for Travis Kelsey. I got a new issue with that. And it's gonna it's gonna generate all the publicity it is because again she's the most famous person in the world good totally. for her good for him she seems happy uh, i think it's genuine i don't know you know there's always people out there who say well it's good for their careers i don't know how much bigger her career could get i mean she's already got all these fans she's already the biggest star in the world so good for him whatever doesn't, doesn't bother me at all let's yeah. talk miami here um, our, our, our good friend, Marcel Louis Jacques, I don't know if you saw or heard about this, but he was on ESPN this week and he called Miami. It was on, I'm around the horn. And he said, Miami has, I want to make sure I get this right. The greatest modern day offense ever. That's come on. I, I, Marcel, you're my guy. And at the end of the season, he might be right. Maybe. I mean, it's certain the start is promising, but I don't know. I kind of remember that the greatest show on turf with that Rams offense, a lot of good offenses, uh, the Chiefs offense a couple of years ago. They're good, but these are the kind of expectations, the kind of hype right now that this Miami Dolphins offense is getting. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a bold statement, and I love Marcel, so it's not like I, I don't look at him as someone that is just a – He's not a clickbait know. guy. Yeah, he's not someone that, you know, jumps and throws out these crazy things just to right. make people excited or anything like that. So He's not an A. Gary. <laughs> and he has better food taste, too. He definitely does. <laughs> um, you know, but I think I think when you talk about this, it's, you know, from a, a recency standpoint, hey, they just scored 70 points. I don't recall a team ever scoring 70 points in a game, scoring 60 points in a game, right? So to, to you, like, kudos to the Dolphins, and I can understand, like, this is the story of the week. Um, but no one was saying that about their offense when, you know, they scored 24 points and only seven in the second half against the Patriots the week before. And no one was saying it where, you know, tough fought game, but a, a close win that could have gone either way against uh, the Chargers in week one. So, you know, again, talented. I, I mean, you talk about a game that can be as high scoring as there might be. Sunday might be it. Right. And it could be one of those those epic matchups, but I do need to pump the brakes before anyone says any offense could, could arguably be the, you know, the greatest modern off or whatever the the term was that he, he used. And that's, that's no disrespect to it. It's just, you know, 
it's week three. Like we, we, there's a lot more football to be, to be played. Yeah, for sure, man. And I'm going to spend a good chunk of time right around now, actually. So Bill's fans might be a little cringy. No, I'm going to give Miami the respect they deserve and, and bring up some good points and reasons. I get why if you're a Miami fan, you're so optimistic, or I get why if you're a national media person, you're jumping on this bandwagon right now. Like I, I do get it, but then I'm going to bring up some other points in terms of Buffalo, but I looked it up too. Um, DraftKings as of right before we started taping this, sixty-three percent of the point spread bets right now on DraftKings are Miami over Buffalo. And by the way, Buffalo's a two and a half point favorite. It might be down to two, but they're the favorites. Sixty-two percent, almost sixty-three, are, are betting on the Dolphins in the money line bets. Eighty-two and a half percent of the money line bets are on Miami right now. That's perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it, you know, and again, you 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 go into this, and it is um, it should be a great game on Sunday. And like again, credit to the Dolphins, credit to Mike McDaniel, to a tag of Iowa. Like, hey, you're you're doing what you what you need to do. I think that is, I think that is great. And you know, Sunday will be week four. I'm sure whatever happens, there will be an overreaction. For whoever wins, whoever loses, whatever that that part looks like, but it's just like it's week four. If last season taught me anything, it's just like talk to me in the playoffs, right? Because all of this stuff right now, it's all fine and good, but it is way too early to get too excited about about anything. I agree with you in terms of it being week four and whoever wins this game, the AFC East isn't over. That I, I completely agree with that. I will say this is a big game, though. This isn't just one out of 17 games to me. It's an important game. And if Miami can come to Buffalo and if they can beat the Bills, there are two games up in the division and they've already won in Buffalo. So the rematch will be in Miami. So I say huge advantage to Miami if, if they win this game. I feel like even though Miami is getting all the hype, if there's, there's pressure on both teams. Miami needs to go out there and they want to prove that they're for real and all this hype is for real. We kind of saw that with the Bills over the course of the last couple of years and all the hype they're getting. So from that end, this is a huge game for Miami. And again, for Buffalo, uh, you don't want to fall any further behind in the division. You don't want Miami 4-0 and then you have two losses and you've lost at home to the Dolphins. So it is a big game um, for both of them. Tua has just been unbelievable this year. I'm looking at 72-101. So he's completed, Anthony, 71.3% of his passes He's got over a thousand yards passing in three games, eight touchdowns, two picks, and he's been sacked just once. His PFF grade. And look, let me ask you this. Let me pump the brakes on his stats. When it comes to PFF stuff, what's your opinion on them? Because I, I kind of see that look. You're like, mm. like, are you a PFF grade guy? Like, what do those grades mean to you? If it backs up the point I'm trying to make, it's great. <laughs> if it doesn't, then it's just like, oh, it's just PFF, whatever. Like, you know, and it's, I, I will readily ad admit that. So it's, you know, there's that piece where sometimes you've looked at things and just been like, wait a second, this guy had a great game and he graded out at a 56. Like, how is that even possible? Or, you know, the guy was invisible and he was at a 92. And, and I've listened to the PFF podcast um, with Sam Monson and I have a ton of respect for those guys. And they've gone and they've explained different pieces when they've gotten complaints. And I understand what they talk about. So, you know, I think it's always with a, a bit of context when you look at it. And sometimes you just got to take that, that deeper look. But again, yeah. for what you just said, I mean, hey, do it like 
three great weeks for him so far. Good for him. I am glad you said that when it comes to PFF premium stats, because 90% of people think that way, including myself. It's like, well, when it's something good and I want to throw out how great, you know, Josh Allen's playing or Terrell Bernard's playing, look at it. His PFF stats say that he's the highest graded. And then when it's something that doesn't fit your narrative, like I think the Bills offensive lines played well, but yet I look at Connor McGovern and, and Osiris Taurus and their grades aren't really that good. I'm like, well, what the hell? What, what are they talking about? It's BFF grades. You see, you, can, you got two eyes. You can see how good Torrance is playing. So yeah. it kind of goes like when you're, you know, worse when you're fitting your own narrative. But anyway, Tua has just been um, outstanding. Uh, 22 pressures. He's, he's been pressured 22 times this year. Josh, 39 times. And uh, another stat that I thought was interesting because you got to get to the quarterback and he gets the ball out. His average pass, he holds the ball for just 2.24 seconds um, per pass, which is the best among all starters. So anyway, like I said, I just I, I want to make sure this guy gets credit from, from me, at least anyway. He's just been outstanding so far this year. And there's ways around to beat him, and, and we've seen it before with the Bills. But, uh, but Sean McDermott, what did you think of Sean McDermott calling this offense like revolutionary, I think was the term he used during his presser earlier this week. I was like, God damn, do you think that maybe they're trying to make this hype train even bigger? Because you know, as Bills fans, there's nothing worse, at least to me, there wasn't when the Bills would get all this hype. I'm like, no, nah, dude, I don't want, I don't want to hear it. Just go out and play. But Sean McDermott's hyping them up too. Listen, Sean McDermott, um, and I love Sean McDermott, right? I, I think when, you know, the conversation around him and some folks talk about him as a as a coach, he knows exactly what he's doing, right? Just you can look at the exact opposite end of the spectrum. Someone like Deion Sanders, who is going to, you know, portray a, a level of confidence and all of that piece around his team and what they are doing and what they control. That's one direction you can go in. Sean McDermott could be playing, you know, the Dolphins could be 0-17 this week playing the Bills, and he would say, you know, fabulous Seriously. things about, about them and would use superlatives to describe them in a way um, their coaching staff or certain players or things that they do well. Um, one, I don't think he ever wants to give anyone something that they can put on a bulletin board. And two, I just think he has that level of respect for the game, right? What does he always say? Like, hey – it's hard to win in the NFL, right? Like you can be talking about anything, any team, whatever it is. So like, hey, last week, if people were like, oh, the Washington Commanders, they're this or they're that. Well, you know, guess what? Like, you know, they won two games. It's not, oh, who did they play? Who did it? It's hard to win games. So he is always going to be so complimentary. So no surprise to me. And again, they just scored 70 points in a game. I've never seen that before in my life, right? I mean, this isn't Alabama playing Citadel in an early season, you know, college football matchup where you kind of roll your eyes or even some folks that were complaining like, oh, well, the Dolphins were running up the score on the Broncos. This is not a high school basketball game of two overmatched teams or, again, you know, Citadel playing Alabama in a, you know, Labor Day weekend. These are two professional football teams that are playing that have the same salary cap, that have the same, you know, opportunities to be whatever it is. And it just like, to me, they scored 70 points. Like, good for them. 
Uh, listen, man, I, I, so I have NFL uh, premium plus and I always like when, whoever the bills are playing that week, I'll usually watch that last game that is their opponent played like the condensed version and no replays, no, you know, no commercials it just goes right to the next place. I actually watched the good chunk of that all 22 film, the Miami Denver game. Holy shit. I don't think I've ever in my life seen a team other than maybe the bills. The score wasn't as lopsided, but when the bills did what they did in New England in the playoffs a couple of years ago. And the yeah. offense just like literally scored a touchdown. I, I think every time they touched the ball kind of was kind of like on that level, just Miami did whatever they wanted to do to Denver and look context, context, context It's three weeks. You said it and you're right. If the season was over right now, like Tua is the early MVP to me. There's no question about it. In fact, he would probably be unanimous. He should be unanimous MVP right now. But again, it's three weeks in. And I'm still not completely sold on him. And I'm being honest, objective, um, unbiased when I say that. I need to see it over a longer stretch. I need to see that the first time he gets hit hard, that he gets back up. And that's not, and I don't wish that on him. He's a good guy. Sure. I don't want him to get hurt. So that's not what I'm saying. But we need to see it. He did have concussion issues last year. He hasn't really got a rock this year. So we'll see what happens when when it comes to that. We'll see what happens. When the season goes on and teams sort of figure out, you know, try to figure out how to take some things away from them. But I, my point is this, is, is I love to his play right now this year, objectively, but not completely sold. But I am sold on Tyreek Hill. Love this guy or hate this guy. He's ridiculously good, man. And he scares the shit out of me. He scares me more than Tua or anybody else. And I'm not going to lie. He's got 25 catches this year, 412 yards already. I know you remember before the season, I, I, you know, he was talking about he wanted to be the first receiver ever to get 2,000 yards in a season. Again, very early. He's on pace for over 2,300 yards already this year. He's got four touchdowns. Um, he has the highest PFF grade of any receiver in the NFL. This guy is a difference maker, and he always has been. We've seen it with the Chiefs, and now we see it with Miami. If there's one element of this game, the last two weeks has been Max Crosby, Chase Young. They scared me. Because they could change a game. They could take the game over. This time, I, it's, I'm scared. I don't care who the hell is throwing the ball to him. I'm scared because he just does damage. He's ridiculously good. Yeah, I would argue he is probably the most dangerous offensive player in football. Me too. And I, and I say that, um, and it's no disrespect to uh, Justin Jefferson or a Christian McCaffrey or to, to anyone else that that plays, right? But when you think about someone – that can just completely wreck your game. And maybe it's just because Tyreek Hill has had those moments against the Bills and and the yeah. past, right? And in, in, in certain spots. And in many ways, the Bills have done some good things to contain and you know, other areas where they've had some breakdowns. But yeah, that is a guy that is just like, you know, if if he has one of those games, there there's nothing that you can can do. And as uh as much as I don't like him as a person, as a player. Yeah, he's probably the most dangerous offensive weapon in the NFL right now, and we'll see what the Bills do with him on Sunday. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, I'm back here with Anthony Marino, and man, I just got the like chills on me talking about Tyreek Hill and just envisioning him catching those quick passes and, and taking it uh, to the house. Uh, to wrap up with Miami, because I want to talk Buffalo, obviously. The offensive line, well, I don't think it's been tested much this year. So this could be a stat that I don't buy much into. But right now, through three games, uh, the offensive line is second per PFF in pass blocking efficiency, which is literally at the top of the league. And Buffalo's around 14th, which seems right because with the Bills, because they really struggled against the Jets, but they've been really good the last two weeks. So that seems right. Defensively, Miami hasn't really played great, but they haven't had to yet. And they might not have to quite often this year. Um, no one on their defense has more than one and a half sacks. And they only have uh, two team interceptions so far through three games. Put a wrap on Miami before we talk about Buffalo. I, I do agree. Look, they're three and all. The offense has been revolutionary so far this year. But I've watched all their games. I've watched every snap of all three of their games. They crushed. They kicked the shit out of Denver. No, you know, you can't take that away from them. They should have lost opening week to the Chargers. The Chargers blew that game. The Chargers 100% should have won that game. And then in week two against New England, I think the Patriots win that game if Mac Jones doesn't suck. Just as simple as that. So it's like Miami, as good as they are, they're hardly unbeatable. Like there's been some teams that have gotten off to such good starts, you know, early in the season over in recent years that they look unbeatable. There's nothing about Miami that suggests to me that they're unbeatable. Well, and the thing is with it, right? So you can look back, and, and this kind of goes back, I was going to say before, about Tua Tagovailoa. Like, think of this guy who comes out and immediately it's like, man, the Dolphins made a mistake. They should have taken Justin Herbert. Then you have the whole controversy where it's like, you know, hey, was ownership, you know, colluding with Sean Payton and Tom Brady to come in and have him be the quarterback mm -hmm. and to replace Tua Tagovailoa? Then all the rumors that were so prevalent where it was just like, hey, the Dolphins uh, are going to be a front runner to trade for Deshaun Watson, right? Like that's where he wants to go to the Dolphins and they're going to move on from Tua Tagovailoa. Then you get Mike McDaniel comes in and, you know, this quick release, like you said, 2.2 seconds, like not even giving the offensive line time to get beat or not even giving right. the offensive line um, you know, that those struggles where they have to hold up against uh, a defensive front. Um, it is going to be interesting, right? Because you can look at it 
and I'm not going to sit here and say that, oh, he's a system quarterback or, you know, because those things are taken as a negativity, negative, but it's like either this is a perfect marriage between coach and quarterback, or is there something that, okay, you get a little bit on tape here, you know, and I'm not one of the tape guys, but you just say like, listen, he still can't throw, you know, he can't throw to the outside towards the boundaries. Like, can you force that offense to do the things that they're not good at? And again, you try to look past the Broncos game because it, it was last week. So it's 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 right there. It's front and center. But for what the offense was, to your point, against the Patriots, against the Chargers, you could say like, okay, hey, this should be a great game on Sunday. But I'm not, you know, I'm not crowning anybody at this point. You know, and they got a lot of weapons. Jalen Waddle, who Jalen Waddle, who did not play against the Broncos when they still yeah. hung up seventy points. Um, it's only Wednesday. We we don't know, you know, what his chances of playing are. He's great. Braxton Berrios was a good pickup. Raheem Moser's got like eight touchdowns already this year. That uh, Devon Echan guy, Achan, Achan, I want to make sure, because he changed the pronunciation of his name. He goes out, he scores four touchdowns and, and says that he wants his name pronounced differently. It's um, Achan, not Achan. But anyway, he's fast as shit, man. He is He's a Deontay Hardy, but a good running back. That's what he is. Um. Anyway, so lots of weapons, but for me, it still comes down at the end of the day to Tyreek Hill because he's just the he's the one who who scares me. It opens up a lot for everyone else. So if they can find a way, and the Bills have found ways to to kind of slow him down. I remember the Miami game last year in Miami. Um, Tyreek Hill really didn't do shit against the Bills. So yeah, if you're a Bills fan, you kind of got to hope for that. And the offensive line, you know, like I said, second and pass block efficiency. Well, you or I could be quarterback. If we're getting rid of the ball in 2.2 seconds every time we're back there, we're not going to be under a lot of pressure um, either. That's the system that you talk about that he's uh, – and look, I don't know if two is a system quarterback or not, but whatever it is, he's been effective, and the Bills better find a way to, to kind of slow down that rhythm. But that's the thing about the Bills. They're home. Which, by the way, they're favored to win this game yeah. in Vegas. And it's like – it's crazy to me. Nobody's going to pick them. You know that, right? Like, you oh, know, nobody's going to pick the Bills on Sunday. And I'm, that's great. <laughs> I do. Great. Like, you know what I mean? It's that <laughs> type of scenario. That's the position that you want to be in, right? I can already, like, you know, Sean McDermott's pregame speech, like, nobody believes in us this week. Like, you know, that, that type of, type of narrative. Any way that you can, you can be the underdog and play the underdog, I'm sure there will be, screenshots of tweets you know on the the monitors throughout the the bills offices and their locker room leading up to this week of of people saying things about the miami dolphins and how the bills have no no chance and you know let's see what the bills can do they're going to play with a chip on their shoulder and i'm looking forward to it i would understand why nobody was picking the bills if they were like wanting to and if they were playing really bad like if they stumbled and barely beat Washington, the Raiders. I could get it, but they're the Bills are playing well, and they're at home, and they're three time de defending divisional champions. And it's not again this team, the Buffalo Bills. By the way, despite how bad this offense played in New York or New Jersey, they're second in the NFL in scoring offense, and they're second in the NFL in scoring defense right now. They're literally at the top in both offense and defense. But Pat, those people that you're talking about that would pick the Bills, right? Those national pundits, they they didn't they didn't watch the game against the Washington Commanders. They didn't watch the game against 
the Las Vegas Raiders. Like for the games that were on that weekend, that was not a marquee matchup. Now they all watched Monday Night Football against the Jets and saw Josh Allen turn the ball over four times and play horribly and this and that. So, you know, it's just for what they have in their heads. And probably the last time before that they watched the Bills play was against the Cincinnati Bengals. And this week, the Dolphins put up 70 points. So let everyone pick the Dolphins this week. Go for it. They're, have at it. Have fun with it. <laughs> I'm not – and look, this isn't even me as being a, you know, a disgruntled Bills fan. I can't believe we're not picking my yeah. team to win. I, I get that. And there's a big chunk of me who likes that as well. It just – it's weird to me how uh, dismissive – People are being towards Buffalo. If you look at the stat, even, you know, look at what they've done this year, the last two weeks, look at the stats. And then you look at Josh Allen, you know, we're talking about Tua and what he's done this season. I go to Josh Allen and I throw out what he's done against Miami during his entire career. He's, and this is the regular season because he's actually nine and two against Miami, but he's eight and two against the Dolphins in the regular season. He's averaged 268 passing yards per game. 27 touchdowns, just five picks, and he's been sacked 14 times in those 10 games. Um, Josh Allen has played really well against Miami, and I want to. There's a part of me that says, "Well, who gives a shit? It's a new year." I kind of feel like, like the Jets just match up well against Josh Allen, and this has been happening a lot. You know, the Jets just seem to have his number. Josh Allen seems to have Miami's number with the exception of that game last year when it was a million degrees out and Greg Van Roden had to play offensive line at the end of the game because literally everybody was hurt. Um, Josh Allen has played fantastic against Miami and considering that Miami's defense, despite having a couple big names on it is to me, nothing to, to write home about. Uh, uh, you know, I I'm confident that Josh Allen's going to go on on Sunday and he's going to play well again. I see no reason why he won't. Yeah, there's no reason to think he won't play well, honestly. And I, I try not to put too much historical into, well, this is, you know, how he did against the the Dolphins, you know, two or three years ago, like new coaching staff, new players, new, new everything. But you talked about the weather, looking forward to to Sunday. You talk about the the matchup, the fact that the Bills offense has been playing relatively well. I know Sunday against uh, Washington wasn't you know, the prettiest offensive performance. But I think we've seen mm -hmm. sometimes, too, when you know you've got a, an overmatched opponent, you just sort of do your job, go out there, put up your points, and get home. And and honestly, that that's okay by by me. So, but yeah, I don't, I don't look at the Dolphins' defense and say, oh, I'm scared that the Bills might not be able to put up points. Like, yeah. that's, that's, not, that's not the case at all. Even the game the Bills lost in Miami last year, I think they – I think they had like 550 yards. I mean, it was, it they just could not score at the end, but they moved the ball at at will. So it will be interesting. But I, I mean, Pat, this could be one of those games, and I don't want to just be like fueling the hype train. But I think the over under is like 54 points. I mean, it could obliterate that by like. 20 or 25 i mean you could see a, you know what i mean a, a 35 to 30 type of type of game or, or even higher like this these are two high-powered offenses and you know i'd love the bills defense to to sort of shut them down but that's not my not my expectation i'm looking at a uh you know a lot of points to be scored on sunday
It's worth noting, too, uh, Jalen Phillips, a very good defensive end for Miami. Status uncertain as of this recording for the week, but suffered an oblique injury last week, and that's definitely worth monitoring. I mean, he is a guy who could do a lot of damage, one of the few, I think, anyway, on the Miami Dolphins that's really capable uh, of changing a game with his play. Which, by the way, quick sidebar, and I'm going to knock on wood for this. See that, everyone watching on the video side? I'm knocking on wood. Don't do it. Don't. The Bills have avoided injuries compared to last year so far. I'm sorry, Anth, but I got to call it like it is. Um, Ryan Bates, a, the backup interior guy, he's the only guy McDermott even mentioned is suffering some sort of injury. It didn't sound like a significant one uh, during the Washington game, but y'all do. We're four games in and so far so good, which is obviously a uh, a pleasant change from from last year where it was like, here we go again. Every goddamn player was going down and getting hurt. That matters. It's important. And so far, so good on the Bills injury front. And again, I knocked on wood. So you saw that. I always joke with that stuff. It's like if we had the power to control anything, you know, the Buffalo Bills would have won the Super Bowl the last, you know, 30 years or whatever yeah. it's been. So we're, it's all good, man. Yeah. The offense, you know, I, I thought it was, Adequate against Washington. Not great, but it was good. Good. Certainly good enough. If your defense is playing like the Bills defense is playing, that's more than good enough. Um, you know, all the talk about Tua though and Josh Allen, and I get why. They're two big stars and they're the quarterbacks. And ultimately they're gonna be the ones, you know, if your team's gonna win a Super Bowl, it's gonna be because of them. They're the best player on their respective team. But I'll tell you for this game, a guy I really like, James Cook. He has been, he's third in the NFL so far in rushing, which seems weird. Doesn't feel like that, but you look at the, the stats, the leaders, he's third in the league in rushing this year. And if there's a big hole to me in the Miami Dolphins right now, like their big flaw is they've been crappy against the run. They're only 26 against the run. And the Bills have shown at least the last two weeks for sure, in my opinion, a much bigger commitment to running the football. They've been a much more balanced team over the last week, or last couple of weeks, I should say, than say maybe even the last couple of years when the offense was great. But um, they're running the ball really well. James Cook has been solid. He's had a lot of juice, especially in the second half, which in part is because Latavius Murray and uh, Damian Harris, they're not just throwaway guys on this team. They're not bottom of the roster depth guys. They have roles, and they're coming in at important times, third and short, fourth and short near the end zone, spelling James Cook a little bit here and there. Um, I, I think a key to this game for me is Buffalo's ability to run the ball, which I think is there for the taking against Miami. And you're, I can't believe I'm saying this because usually it's the other way around. You want to keep the Bills' offense off the field. But the way the Bills are playing right now and running the ball, they're going to take Miami's offense off the field if they can effectively run the ball. Yeah, I feel like the Bills' offense last year uh, became a little bit predictable, right? Like you just knew they weren't even really going to look to run the ball unless it was with Josh Allen. And, you know, you look at the the burst that you get from Cook. I mean, so much different. I think it was Joe DiBiase on the radio the other day saying, you know, when you look at the, uh, you know, percentiles like Devin Singletary, his 40 time, you know, he was in the 15th percentile where James Cook, it puts you in the 90th percentile, right? So from a speed mm -hmm. standpoint alone, someone that is dynamic and it's, it's interesting, right? Because it's just like he's got this little bit of patience. He's got this little bit of wiggle that you see with Cook. And uh, and I like it. And I know there's folks out there that it's just like, you know, modern day NFL, just pass, pass, pass the ball. 
But if they can establish Cook, and, and I'll be honest, Latavius Murray is a guy that I've loved to see what he has done with the Bills so far. Yeah. Albeit limited, but it's just like, okay, he gets in. Here's a big boy, six foot three, 250 pounds, like good luck. And he comes in with some fresh legs at the right time in the second half. And, uh, and it's been good. And I know like those folks are like, we get it, Anthony, like establish the run. But if you are able to establish the run effectively against some good teams, yeah, then you have the dynamic passing game. You're good from there, right? Like you, it puts you in a position where not to say you can do whatever you want, but that's going to keep the defense on skates and uh, for the bills. Obviously that's what you want to see. You know, you said, and I don't disagree with you. I just want to put that out there to the universe. This game could far exceed the over-under. And it can. And it very well might. But the Bills' defense has been really good. And I feel like if there's a team that could slow Miami down right now, if the Bills are among one of the few that have that ability. The Bills' defense has been... You know, to me, it's sensational through three weeks. Even the Jets game, I thought the Jets, the Bills defense was great against the Jets. Now, you can make a very a fair argument, and it's not wrong. The Bills have played, and Tone Bucks harped on this, and he's not wrong. They play some pretty shitty ass quarterbacks. Zach Wilson sucks. Uh, Sam Howell, we saw who Sam Howell is when he's playing a real defense. And, uh, Who's the other quarterback? Oh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Eh, come on, man. Jimmy Garoppolo is just, he's not, it's not Jimmy Garoppolo, 2018 Jimmy Garoppolo anymore. The Bills have always feasted on lesser quarterbacks. That's what they're great at. Anyway, the defense has just played really good. Terrell Bernard, uh, you remind me now every week on, on Twitter how wrong I was about this guy. I, as we're taping this, it's not official. I did already tweet about this this morning. I'm going to go out and say this, even though this doesn't even drop to Thursday. If if he doesn't win AFC Defensive Player of the Week, that's some bullshit, man, because this guy's just, he was unbelievable on Sunday. Impact plays. Uh, I could go on a whole thing about Terrell Bernard. We'll, we'll see ultimately, you know, you don't want to get too high on Miami's offense after three weeks. Let's not get too high on Terrell Bernard after a couple of games, but man, oh, man. What a, what a promising start. I feel like we did this literally just a week ago and we're doing it again. But when you go out and you have a pick and two sacks, I'm going to throw you some flowers, man. Jarrell Bernard has been great and he feels like the kind of matchup linebacker that you want playing against the speed in the, uh, you know, the middle passing game of the Miami Dolphins. Dude's just been sensational, man. Straight up. Yeah. And you, you know, three games in again. So I'm trying not to get ahead of myself, but it's just when you talk about making, instinctual plays right it's almost uh in, in a way it was the type of game that you would expect from matt milano last weekend right right and it's almost uh okay hey tremaine Edmonds, you know he was he was bigger the long arms six foot five what you know everything that he brought across the middle but now you've got someone that's that's more dynamic and it's like if not to say another milano right i mean matt milano is an all pro player so that's kind of you getting ahead of yourselves but someone that brings that type of of play right even if he's milano light mm -hmm. and you get you know again more of those spl splash type of plays that we didn't see from tremaine edmonds in in the past all right like the the bills might be onto something here and i think for for all of us i mean i joke with you i include myself like I didn't understand the pick when the Bills made it. When we went through this past offseason free agency, 
uh, in the draft. To me, that was the area the team needed to address more than anything. They did not. I was scratching my head questioning this. I mean, you had fans after the draft and free agency that were like, Brennan Bean needs to go because of what he did not do at linebacker, right? Which is crazy and stupid in itself and people overreact in the moment and whatever, right? That's that's what, what fans do. But um man, like okay. I mean, if, if you're if you're right on on this and you've got him for the next three seasons at linebacker, a rookie contract, and he's you know playing. I don't even want to say like, I mean, th- this is an exceptional game. He should be defensive player of the week. But even just what he was in the game against uh, against the Raiders, right? Just that level of of solid and making plays and being active, great hit for the Bills. Yeah, you know, last week we did the show. We mm-hmm. taped it early on Wednesday, too. And after we taped, came out Josh Allen ended up being AFC Offensive Player of the Week. I kind of got a feeling it'll be the same this week with uh, – Terrell Bernard. All right, so to put a wrap on it, like I said, Buffalo is actually still favored by a couple points. My biggest concern for this game, when, when you look at the Bills, and it's not something we've talked about yet. Actually, I got two concerns. Number one, as good as this defense has played this year, if there's one issue about this defense that's concerned me the most, it's been tackling. They've missed a lot of tackles. There's been some sloppy tackling, and Miami is not the team to do a shitty job of tackling with. They got too many guys who will take it to the house. They got some fast dudes. Those running backs are really good. You cannot miss those tackles. It goes without saying that when Tyreek Hill catches a two, three-yard pass and heads up field, if that first guy misses a tackle, that could be six points. Um, that is the one thing in the defense. Like, even against Washington, I actually was yelling at my TV. They miss it. I think it was Brian Robinson. Or no, maybe it was Gibson. I can't remember. I think it was Gibson, actually. Broke like three or four tackles. Then yeah. Tara Johnson hit him and he fumbled and Bernard fell on the ball and got a fumble recovery. Um, but anyway, just the tackling for the Bills, if there's been a, a flaw in this defense at all, it's been that. And just Miami's not the team. You cannot do a shitty job of wrapping up and tackling against a team as good as Miami. No, that's a great point. And that is probably that one piece that if there is something that's going to be a concern, right? Right now, that's that's probably it. And I mean, that sounds weird to say, like not to sound overconfident, because as you mentioned, like if you don't wrap up on Sunday, it can be a problem. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I actually got one more, too. I lied. There's a bonus one. Sticking with the defense, which is weird because, again, Miami or Buffalo's defense has been great, but Miami's offense is great, too. I haven't seen, you know, there's a lot of talk that Jordan Poyer is washed or cooked or whatever you want to say that he's lost a step. You know, some people are being a little more harsher in their criticism. I, I'm not saying I haven't seen it. I've seen little signs of it, but he hasn't hurt the Bills this season. You know what I mean? We're going to find out, I think, on Sunday, if we still have the Jordan Poyer, you know, even 95% of the Jordan Poyer that the Bills have had over the last five, six years, because he's going to get tested. He has not been tested this year. He's going to get tested on Sunday. And then in the secondary, too, I want to call him a weak link because I like Christian Benford, but it has been back-to-back weeks where somebody's got behind him for a big play um, against the Raiders. He got away with a penalty. It should have been a penalty. They Somehow they picked up the flag. And then last week, Samuel got past him and had a nice 37-yard gain. Again, Hill, very likely Waddle. 
can make those mistakes. So I, I'm really I'm sold on Hyde. I'm sold on Tredavious White. I'm sold on Johnson. Not quite as much Benford and Poyer. They're going to get tested more than they have it by far. Everyone is, but they're going to get tested more this week than they have all season. So again, these are two guys they they got to bring in on Sunday. You know, I, I will say this though: when people talk about Jordan Poyer, and I think we, you know, we can talk about speed, we talk about athleticism, and and sure, right, being tested and and that, and what it might look like if he's in a some sort of a foot race. But I think the part where he's underrated is just how smart of a player yes. that he is. And you know what? Sometimes fans will look at things and say, "Oh, we had a." you know, a bad angle on that, you know, that run by Brees Hall or, you know, things that have happened with it in the past. But when I look to Sunday's matchup, it's sure the athleticism is one piece, but it is going to be like, here's the plan for the defense executing that being in the right spots. And in some ways, I think that's going to be the most important piece when it comes to Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. Um, not to say that they're going to be the the most important players, because when you're playing another great team, like, Everyone is going to be important, but uh, I think it will show that having their experience in the defensive backfield on Sunday, that'll help make a big difference. I'm going to hold off judgment on Poyer until Sunday again. I don't think I don't think he's been tested. Not ready to say he's certainly not ready to say he's cooked. Russell Wilson's cooked. Jordan Poyer's not cooked yet. No. I might change my tune on Sunday, though, gonna, and I will be honest about it. I'm going to take the fandom out when I'm talking about this team, at least on this show, and uh, we'll see. But I have confidence in him, and I agree. He's an instinctual, big-game playmaker when it matters. Feel pretty good that he's going to do something special on Sunday, and then some fans are going to eat their words. I hope. Anyway, two more quick things, and then we're going to get to finish the sentence to, to wrap up. I got to get a prediction from you. You know that. Um, and then you're going to ask me for one. I'm probably not going to give you one back. But anyway. Let's start there. What's your prediction on this game? I, I, I'm highly confident I know where you're going with this, but let's make it official on the record. 42-31 Buffalo. 42-31 Buffalo. So you got Buffalo. That would be, let me do my math there. All right, a two-score win, and the over-under would be over 70. It would go over 70 points. I don't think the Dolphins can stop the Bills on Sunday. I really don't. And I could I could be wrong. Like, and listen, I'm you know, you know me. I don't think I get too high or too low or whatever. And maybe it is the emotion of of being Miami week, and that's fine. I think for all of this, I think the Buffalo Bills are gonna march up and down the field on Sunday. I'm going, I'm actually gonna make a rare prediction. I I also think the Bills are gonna win. I think them being at home and then being maybe a little having a chip on their shoulder because nobody's gonna pick them. I do think shit like that matters sometimes, by the way. And uh, I think they're going to win, but I think it's going to be different than what you think. I think they're going to win. They're going to control the, the clock. I don't think Miami's offense is going to put up more than 23. And I say Buffalo's puts up like maybe 30. I'm going to go 30, 23, 30, 23 is my official prediction, which by the way, I don't know. They would put it right around the over under. I'm going 30, 23 Buffalo. And I think the bills are going to run for, at least a buck 40 to a buck 50. And that's going to be the difference in the game. They'll get one. Miami's going to move the ball. They're going to move the chains. They'll get in the end zone once or twice. But I think the difference is going to be someone in that secondary is, is going to make a big play, a turnover, something like that. And that's going to uh, turn the game. But last question, and I know this is not fun to think about, but we got to be honest here. Let's just say we're both wrong. Let's say Miami comes to Buffalo and Miami wins this game 
What do you think the vibe's going to be amongst the team, especially amongst fans? And how hard do you think it will be for the Bills if they lose this game to be able to, to shake this off and not let that affect them, which they will be going to London where you'll be going next week. Uh, you know, how, how, how will they shake this game off? Because it will be a big loss. We can't pretend it's not. If they lose this game, it's a big loss to them. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I think when you're talking about the AFC East, yes, being down two games, that's not a position you want to be in. Mm-hmm. Again, if they start the year at, at two and two, um, it is a long season. Fans will lose their minds. They will overreact. Like there will be no shame in losing a game to the Miami Dolphins this weekend. If the Bills lose and it's like, hey, if the Dolphins are a great football team, it's going to be a fun rivalry for some time. And it's, uh, you know, it's fun to have that back, right? For both of us thinking back to those days of the 90s and really what this this rivalry meant in a genuine dislike between the two teams. Um, the team will bounce back. They're, they're too talented. They're too good. You know, I mean, we can talk about these things. This isn't 2017 or the years before where it's just like, any heartbreaking loss or any close loss is just like, oh, that gets us one step further away from nine and seven and the drought is going to continue. So would I expect the fans to overreact? Of course. Like that's just sort of a natural thing that that happens. But if they lose this game and go to two and two, this team will be fine. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, I'm back here finishing up with Anthony Marino. I I just want to add one point to what you said before the break. I I agree, and to me, I've learned one thing. I mean, having home field is critically, not critically, but it's very important. That said, it's about the team that's playing the best in December going into the playoffs and a team that's healthy. That means more than any week four win or loss to me as well. So the season's not make or break for the Bills in week four. They're, They're just too good for it to be make or break this early uh, in the season. But it is a big game, and we're not going to run from that. Anyway, all right, let's get to our uh, finish the sentence segment. We do this every week. Got three questions for you. These are all Miami Dolphins related because it's Bill's Dolphins week. We'll, we'll keep this all about uh, Buffalo, and in this case, uh, Miami. An opportunity for fans to get to know a little bit more about the personal side of what you think. All right, so we got three. My favorite Miami Dolphins player of all time is blank. You know, Dan Marino, right? And I, I can say that, you know, I mean, my last name is Marino. You've been asked for my entire <laughs> life if I'm related to Dan Marino. And one of those things, even as a lifelong 
Bills fan have always had kind of a ton of respect for him as a player. Um, you know, and even though at that time during the nineties, right, the, the Bills kind of had his number for, for a stretch. So it wasn't even like that, you know, you're, you're not hating your rival like you would a, a Tom Brady who's been, you know, just kind of destroying you each and every time the teams play. Um, but I've always liked Dan Marino. I mean, it's just kind of a, an easy one that you've, you've looked at. And I think he was certainly ahead of his time when you think about the, the evolution of the passing game. You know, the fact that those teams never won a Super Bowl wasn't his fault. I mean, that you can argue is one of the best four quarterbacks of, of all time, if not, you know, from his physical gifts and for what the game was. Like, there were not pass interference calls and, you know, uh, roughing the passer calls and all these things. He would take a beating back there and he was everything to that Dolphins team. So I've always had a ton of respect for him. Um, and because of the namesake, it's always made it kind of easy for him to be my, my favorite Dolphins player. Only got to one Super Bowl. That's pretty incredible. He only got to one and it was his second year um, in the league. For me, I want to say Ryan Tannehill. And that's just because he always sucked when they played against the Bills. He was fucking terrible against Buffalo. So I wanted, but in all seriousness, and I got to preface this, I hate the Miami Dolphins, especially as a kid. I was very hateful. You'll find out more about that in a second. But uh, remember Chris Chambers? He's a good oh, wide sure. receiver. Yeah, I liked him, and he was a good receiver for like four or five years with them. I was a big wide receivers guy when I was uh, younger. I don't want to say young, but I was younger. Um, Chris Chambers, I always enjoyed his game. He was he was a good receiver. So, not the most popular player by by me, but again, you're talking about a guy who just absolutely loathes and hates the Miami Dolphins. So I'll, I'll come up with Chris Chambers though. All right, next one here. Let me pull it up. There should be lots of candidates. My most hated Miami Dolphin of all time is blank. You know, my first thought was Brian Cox, and that's kind of an easy one, but just like what? Because the guy comes out of the tunnel and giving fans the bird, like whatever. Um, it's Christian Wilkins. I mean, current member of the <laughs> Dolphins. He's a freaking cheap shot artist, man. Yeah, yeah. He is just looking to get a shot in at Josh Allen at any point that he can. Video footage of him, like, grabbing him in between his legs and it's just like what are you doing man like just play the game like this is a guy that i guarantee on sunday there will be some face mask to face mask of him with josh allen mitch morris or i could see spencer brown rushing in and just sort of like leveling christian wilkins kind of coming to josh's defense and things getting ugly the guy just looks to be a cheap shot artist and honestly i hate him i hate every part of that in any athlete that that plays it is not a good look like you know you're professionals it's one thing to get under a guy's skin but you play the game the right way and he doesn't and i to me that's freaking annoying and i hate it so i hate christian wilkins with probably more than any other player in the nfl i think if not now by the time his career is over i think there's going to be a lot of people if you pose this question to them that are going to completely agree with you i, I want to preface something here I embrace hate when I was younger, at least I embraced hate. Okay. Like if I have a team and you're the rival, I hate you. Like Boston Red Sox. I'm a Yankees fan, hated the Boston Red Sox, hated the Miami Dolphins. And when I was young, New England, it wasn't Buffalo, New England. It was Buffalo, Miami. New England was nothing at that time before yeah. Brady. Um, you know, these teams that I, I hated, I hated their players. So this is why I'm, I'm going to say Dan Marino. 
not because he was a bad person, a bad human being, because he did anything wrong. I just hated him. And this is how bad I was when I was young and how hateful I think I was. I used to root for him to get injured. And I would never, ever, ever do that in today's, as an adult, you know, as a full grown man, I would never do that now. But I'm being honest with you, taking you back to that yeah, time sure. when he played. I hated him. And now I'm like, some of it I'm sure was jealousy. You know, why is Jim Kelly not the one making Isotoner commercials on TV? You know what I mean? Jim Kelly's the one going to the Super Bowl every year. So it was a lot of it was based on rooted in jealousy, but he was the quarterback of the team that I hated the most. So I'm going Dan Marino. Don Chula runner up, by the way. I used to think he's the biggest cheater. Because I remember he was always like on the rules committee, and I was convinced that it was some kind of conspiracy that the Miami Dolphins, all the games were fixed, and that they always got <laughs> that they always got every call. So I'm gonna go Marino and uh Don Chula there. And again, as an adult, I wouldn't say that. You know, I would never root for Unless you're a horrible person. Like if Tyreek Hill gets hurt on Sunday, I'm not going to rejoice, but I'm also not going to shed any tears either. Let's just put it that way. Bad people, karma, I truly believe in that. But anyway, Dan Marino, embarrassed to say I used to hope he would get hurt. God, what an asshole I am. Uh, <laughs> anyway, all right. Last one. My favorite Bills versus Dolphins moment ever is blank. Yeah, and this one is uh, a tough for me. Again, I remember watching a game back in the early 90s. I can't even remember what game it was, but like Jim Kelly with the scramble for a touchdown, diving into the end zone to beat the Dolphins. But, you know, and, and honestly, when you talk about this, um, when I was in high school, I had a job at Greastown Mall in Rochester uh, at a store called Pro Image, you know, and that was where you'd go to get the I worked starter. there. Yeah, the starter jackets, the jerseys, all the great hats. I mean, it was that was the cool place that I wanted to work at. And, uh, and I love that job there. And I still keep in touch with guys I used to work with, but it was, um, when it was dolphins week, it was different. We would get those squish the fish shirts would come in. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it would just be like, Oh, we got, I mean, the number of calls that we would get and people coming in, like, do you got the squish the fish shirts? Like we could not keep them on the shelves. You know, and people would call like, oh, I think we're getting a new shipment coming in on Wednesday or whatever it was. And they would fly. They would fly. And it was different, right? Like you think about the NFL now as much as we love it. You know, there's so many podcasts and different things. Like it's so corporate in a way, even to, you know, what I'll call like realistic fans. You know, you talk about back in the day of like hoping Dan Marino would get hurt. Like rivalries were different then like you know you can you can talk about this and you feel like some of it coming back but i'll always remember that of just working in the store and people just coming in and like maybe not even to buy anything but like hey let's just talk about the game this week not to say it was that same type of like barbershop mentality but that would be a place that you would go and i would always remember those weeks and be excited selling those squish the fish shirts and just that that would come to me, that's something I always hold pretty uh, pretty close. You know, what a small world, man. Um, you mentioned Pro Image. And Tom Fox, who does the, the Monday shows with me, we both worked there together when we were teenagers at the main place mall, downtown Buffalo. It's like the, what's that, around the late 80s? Very late 80s, early, maybe okay. early 90s, but late 80s. But yeah, we both worked at Pro Image too. Uh, really cool. Yeah, look, there's lots of moments from the, the Bills Super Bowl era to talk about and uh, the quarterback Steve Kelly's one of them, but I'm going to go all the way back to being a very young kid 
and I know this makes me sound really old, but I was a young kid, semi sort of remember it, and it grew the legend as I got older. September 7th, 1980, Bills home opener. The Bills beat Miami 17-7, and it broke a 20-game losing streak against Miami. Folks, younger folks, imagine losing to the Dolphins 20 straight times. The Bills went oh for the decade in the 70s against Miami. They quite literally did not win once for the entire decade. And then to start the 80s, first game, opening week of the season, the Bills win 17-7, and the fans tore down the goalposts. Went on the field, tore down the goalposts, 1980, ending a 20-game losing streak. Um, Jeff Nixon, that was the Jeff Nixon game. Former Bills safety had three interceptions against Bob Greasy that game. And uh, the Bills went 11-5 and that year, won the AFC East. I remember the playoff game. Oh, it broke my heart. They lost to the Chargers 20-14 to that year. I loved, and again, I was a very young kid, not even a teenager yet, but the early 80 Bills were a lot of fun with Ferguson and Joe Cribs and Frank Lewis and Jerry Butler, um, the, the Bermuda Triangle on defense. That was a fun team. I That was like one of the first teams that I really liked, all those early 80s, that I grew old enough to remember, the early 80s Bills. But yeah, beating Miami, tearing down the goalposts. That's awesome. Yeah, that it is. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to uh, get out of here. That's going to do it for today's show. Uh, make sure you follow Anth on Twitter at Anth Marino. Thanks for doing this. I hope you're right, by the way. I want you to be right. I want the Bills to win, and I want it to be a fun shootout. We'll take, I'm sure you would take uh, my prediction, too. Who gives a shit? We don't care if it's 13 to 10. A, a W will be a W, and this is a big one. Have fun in London, man. I look forward to when you coming back and uh, being able to hear a couple tales uh, from overseas. Thanks, brother. Looking forward to it. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.